Segabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Welcome to Sega Talk Podcast. I'm your host, George, and with me is Barry. Hey, everybody. And if you see Barry's face and he's disappointed, it's because I <laughs> recorded like a quarter of the episode and I was uh, I forgot to press record on the um, OBS. I'm, I'm very sorry. And um, this episode, this whole pod, I mean, if you guys never seen the Sega Talk Podcast, this episode, we dedicate a whole episode to Sega games, Sega consoles. Or Sega events or movies like we're doing in this one. Um, yes. This was picked by our Twitter pool on our Twitter account. So you can follow us if you want to at twitter.com slash SegaBits. And if you want to show support for this show, you could also support us at patreon.com slash SegaBits. We love every single one of our Patreons. And if you're not a Patreon, we love you a little bit, but not as much as our Patreons. Second. Right. Right. It's fine. It's, it's okay being second, dude. Not everybody has to win, but if you want to win, you could always support us on Patreon. Um, on this 48th episode of the podcast, we will be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the movie, not the one with Jim Carrey. We will be talking about the 1996 OVA. For those not in the know, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie was released in two episodes for DirecTV in Japan. But uh, we got it here in 1999 in, in America. Uh, Studio Periot, Peria, without a T, and General Entertainment Co. Ltd. did the series, and it aired from January 26th to February 4th, 1996. I get different dates on depending on where I, you know, look at it, but uh, like every single episode of the Sega Talk podcast, we're gonna open this up with our history with the movie, and we'll start off with Barry. Tell us your history with Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie OVA anime. Oh boy. Let me think. I, I completely forgot. No. Um, so, uh, as many people from America may know, that this actually released coinciding with Sonic Adventure. I believe it came out September seventh, nineteen ninety nine. In prep for this episode, I reached out to my dad and I asked him, "When did we get a DVD player?" And um, we got one after he got a new job and we moved. So that must have been like August 2000. It was kind of like a, I'm sorry, we moved gift. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it was a family thing, but I think we were just, you know, settling into the new house, got that. And I I honestly, I can't remember if I picked this up before we owned a DVD player or if I picked it up shortly thereafter because I was like, oh, DVD, cool. I can experience something. Um, so I, I definitely bought this new from FYE Video. And from there, I, 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 yeah, I think it was pretty <laughs> expensive, but I, I wanted to have it, you know? So I never got the VHS tape. I know the VHS tape out there, it's like white, which mm. is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and you're stuck with the uh, English only track. But this one, um, I mean, it's an old DVD because it touts highly interactive menus. But the big thing is that it had the Japanese language on it. And I was... A very a very big purist at the time, so I really I experienced this movie largely in Japanese, having already played Sonic Adventure through in Japanese. So to me, it 
it gelled a lot better. Um, I mean, the character voices aren't the same, but Mm-mm. it's it sounded a lot similar to the ear than, say, uh, Jaleel White's Sonic compared to um, the Sonic we get in here, which sounds very nasally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my history with it. I enjoyed the movie. I was just very confused throughout, though. I didn't know it the time that it was made in 96. So I was really trying to make the connections to Sonic adventure. I wasn't aware that Sega really didn't care about continuity. So they were throwing, you know, Archie, Sonic, Sonic underground, Saturday morning one adventures. Of Sonic. You know, like list goes on. Um, yeah. There's so many like yeah. origins of Sonic, like depending on what media you had or story. Um, my history with right. it, like I we talked about before we uh, we had to re-record. Um, basically, it was you know Sonic Adventure, the same thing with you. I didn't import it. I don't have some secret history where I like saw it in Japanese and it was like dubbed. Um, it was like maybe a couple years after '99, maybe when Sonic mm-hmm. Adventure Two came out. Um, I, I like. I usually do like anime, and I really like. Um, I have like a list of favorite uh, OVAs. Like, I think there's like a lot of like cool ovas in the 90s that were being released even for sega there was yeah. like a panzer dragoon one a virtual fighter one which is not the greatest episodes that was like a series but there was also like a street fighter one that was really cool so uh, power stone power stone got one yeah um so it, it's that was fatal, great. yeah so fatal fury you know there's there's a, so many of them and i think this one outside of the dubbing and the weird like i mean you got to you know, anime in the 90s sometimes had this whole thing where they were trying to put a bunch of plot points as fast as possible to the, the user and it got kind of confusing. I think this narrative kind of falls for that. But uh, right. outside of that, I thought it was cool. I love the colors. I love the little like Eggman gadgets you see in the in the thing. That's really, really cool. I love the relationships between the characters. I think the characterization was done really well. I just kind of wish, like, you know, when you watch Sonic Mania Adventures and then you see Sonic not talk and then they, like, they put so much character into him without talking. I wish this mm-hmm. movie had that where, like, Eggman, uh, the president of South Island, maybe even Old Owlman would be the ones talking, but Tails and Sonic would have stayed silent. Like, they kind of carry the story with the narrative. I thought something like that would be pretty interesting, but it is the mid 90s and everything was expected to talk like sonic talked in the cartoons <laughs> it would be weird if like they watch this movie kids and all of a sudden he's, he's mute you know um right yeah um so when i was researching this film i wanted to find you know interviews and development like what how how was it like working with sega on the ova because if you actually look at the credits the creators of Sonic are actually part of the animation studio. They were part of the producers, uh, Yuji and uh, what's his name? The guy that drew it? Um, Orish- the guy who drew Sonic? Yeah. The designer. It's like Orishima or... Yuji Naka? No, not the other one. The guy oh, that- Naoto Oshima? Yeah, there you go. There you go. And, so- you know, uh, to clarify something, too, that I know we're going to touch on a few times... You were talking about different release dates for this. I think you're ref- what you're seeing is the rental availability and then the retail availability. So this was originally a rental only, and then it came out as a retail mm. one. So I don't think it was ever on TV in Japan. That's okay. So that's it was what just it was. rental, rental. Yeah. All right, and it's funny because we'll we'll be talking about it, but there's a review of a guy that's like, "This is not a good cinema movie." When they reviewed it over here in America, and it's like, "Bro, it was <laughs> it's supposed to be a cinema movie, dude." But uh, right. 
So let's talk about some of the studios behind it. Um, we got Peria and Te- Tezuka Studios. Uh, Peria did like Bleach, Yu Yu Hakayushi, uh, Naruto, Tokyo Ghoul. And uh, they basically have a 41-year history of making animes. They're probably the biggest studio right now in, in terms of like popular franchises like Bleach and Naruto. I think the only thing that would like beat them would be the guys that do uh, One Piece and uh, Dragon Ball, which is the same studio that does both of those. Those are way mm. bigger. So this is probably the second biggest studio. Um, and Tezuka production is uh, obviously founded by Asumu, Asumu Tezuko, who did the 1980s and 2003s Astro Boy and Blackjack anime which is pretty popular and simba the mm-hmm. white lion which i love so um <clears throat> that's which has to be listed they also teamed up with sega in the mid 2000s to uh adapt their animes to uh video games including astro boy astro boy omega factor and blood will tell which i think a lot of people in the world actually forgot about those games i've never heard i never hear anyone talk about blood will tell have you uh, not that one. No, the Astro Boy ones. Yes, I have the console version. It's pretty bad. Yeah, the the Game Boy Advance one is pretty sick, though. I mean, if you're gonna buy yeah. one of these games, uh, the Astro Boy game on the GBA is like co-developed by Sonic Team and Treasure. So, and they also did two Bleach fighting games on the DS. Uh, Treasure did. So, there's a lot of like weird like crossover here where like Sega was doing Bleach games and then they were doing the the Astro Boy games, which the studio worked with them on this movie. So it's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. crossover, crossover. Um, have you watched any other animations by these studios? And what is your overall opinion of these studios' work? Um, I, I was not really big into anime as a kid. I really was more into video games. Too and violent or maybe what? The- no, it was just too long. Like yeah. Dragon Ball, it was just like you'd see how many episodes it was. I watched Dragon Ball Z, but it was just like daunting and boring. <laughs> it's because, yeah, um, I was really format. into shorter stuff like uh, Fooly Cooly, mm. um, uh, Blue Submarine Number Six, Dead Leaves. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was. Uh, so this movie was right up my alley because you know it's like what 90 minutes long not even 60 minutes long so you know i like those easily to digest bite size releases um as far as everything here that you listed i i caught a lot of these briefly when they were running on like toonami Mm. um but outside of that no i don't really have a strong opinion on these studios except it just seems like they're you know reliable (laughs) for sure uh yeah like if you look at their body of work it's like ridiculous like they do a good shilling like we only talked about four or five animes but like outside that you know like oh my god there's so many movies i was trying to i'm trying to remember some of the weird ones that i saw but like my favorites would probably be i actually kind of like bleach the start of bleach i thought was really really well done i thought it was gonna turn into this like big old like anime about that was gonna be probably even better than one piece and uh dragon ball but i think they really dropped the the ball on that anime towards the end but uh i did like the video games based on it with sega i played those obviously and i thought they were pretty most of them were all right but the treasure ones were really really good Hmm. so let's talk about the story for this game all right um i'm not gonna go through the whole (laughs) the whole story and read the whole thing but 
basically the story is about Sonic the Hedgehog going to uh, uh, the president of Southland, or I think Southland, to South Island. Uh, South Island. There you go. South Island. Because he was asked by Old Man Owl, which is a new character that seems to be like a pigeon or like the person that gives people their mail or does the orders for the president. And basically <laughs> has a Sonic to come and then Eggman says, oh, shoot, my um, uh, Eggman, uh, Eggman, a uh, black Eggman <laughs> in the Japanese version. Um, that's what they called him in the Japanese version. They called him Black Eggman or uh, cancel it or Metal Robotnik. His creation took over his his rope ropo topolips, and that's just the problem because it's like Eggman Land is better than uh, Robotropolis, which is hard to say. Robot, yeah, it's like robot, but Robotropolis, ro- yeah. And then he uh, he he screwed up with his robot generator, and is going to blow up in less than a day. He asks Sonic to go to the land of darkness, which in this world there's two regions: the land of the sky, which is the islands on the sky where Sonic lives and everybody else lives, and then Earth. Where it's like desolated, nobody lives there besides Eggman and other people they don't want to talk to. Like, I don't know, like probably Fang lives there. And then every single Sega character or Sonic character that <laughs> Sonic Team doesn't want to use, they just throw them into the line of darkness. Like, go chill right. there for a little bit. Um, so they go in there, they fight, uh, they find out, uh, they basically find out that Robonic, it was all a trick by Robonic. And, uh, they head to in the end of the episode. They head to Robotropolis. They find out that Hyper Metal Sonic has like Sonic's memories. Then he gets beaten by uh, Hyper Metal Sonic. Then like Tails figures out the whole plan, which is actually my favorite part of this sh- of Tails, which we'll talk about when we talk about the characters. And then they finally beat a uh, Metal a Sonic. And then like Eggman reveals that he wants to marry the Princess Sarah. Uh, who is the president's daughter. Right. And it's like, how would that make you king? I have no idea how politics works in this movie, but it's like they just, in the end of the movie, they just like put everything on you. Like there's ice, they have to save that they're like, they want to drill some ice caps, right? Like Hyper Metal Sonic and destroy, was it the land of the sky or the the land of darkness? Like there's this one point where like Eggman talks about wanting to like destroy the lava so he could destroy, I think the land of darkness or something. And it's like, right. why, why bother? Like, if you're going to be the king of the sky, why, why would you even bother what happens to the land of darkness? There's a lot of these right. things where you're like, wait, what? But uh, let's – so what is your opinion of the overall story with like a thousand plot points that were randomly put in one hour? Um, I, I put here, you uh, think they should simplify it. And I think a lot of people would probably be like, yeah, let's take out the Sarah plot. Even though I kind of like the comic, com- comic co- comedy thing going on there. I think right. I think he could have just done it with like his own robots, you know, like he does in the Boom series. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um I mean at the time I didn't know this was two episodes, but looking back at it now it, it very clearly is. Mm-hmm. Um because you get this very, I mean, episodic sort of telling. Um I I think I don't know if you put this in the notes, but there's actually like a little short scene missing that's on the Japanese original. Oh, I did it. Um during the like bridging them i guess they they cut it out it's not a big deal but it's just kind of like them going there's the land of the sky or something like that um that kind of annoys me i like to have the whole <laughs> i like to have every scene i don't like when they cut something yeah. but um it's kind of weird but in any case yeah it's i mean it's a weird story 
coming from 1996 because they very clearly knew what was happening in the games. Mm-hmm. And it's such a huge departure um, that I don't understand why they had like uh, the land of the sky, land of darkness, why South Island was floating and had like all this, all these systems. And then it was like, there's planet freedom. There, it's just like, and, and I, I really don't think it's, it has to do with someone at one of the animation studios wanting to tell his personal story and using Sonic, um, you know, as a way to further that. Um, and I say that because if you've ever seen the Saturday morning Sonic cartoon, I really get the vibe and with Ken Penders in the comics <laughs> yeah. that these are people who really want to make it in the industry and want to tell their own stories. And when they got the Sonic license, they were like, this is my chance. I'm going to put Sonic in there. I'll throw some video game fans a bone, but really I'm going to tell a story that I want to tell, you know, games be damned. And in this case, it's like, I don't get the sense that anyone was really like, man, screw the game plot. I always wanted to tell a story about floating islands and the land of darkness. And it's just, I it's mean, weird. I did, I did <laughs> add on here that in Sonic CD, there's another floating island that's chained up. And part of the plot in Sonic CD is that Eggman wants to destroy the chains, I think, and like make, oh no, he wants to, he chained up the, the island comes in once a month. And he chains up the he chained up the island in Sonic City so he could build his uh, tower on it or whatever he wants to build on it, his fortress. Yeah, and little so, little planet. It's called. yeah, yeah, it's a like planet. a little yeah. But that's kind of like Sonic Lost World too, where out of nowhere they're talking about Lost Hex, and it's like, what the hell's that? You know. So it's it seems like sometimes Sonic Team really has their act together and they have a clear and concise like story they're telling, and other times all of a sudden they're just like. Yeah, there's a floating time travel planet. It's always been there. And there's Lost Hex. Yeah, why and not? The, and, and so this kind of feels like Sonic Lost World, the Sonic Lost World of Sonic animated things, where it just throws so many weird things at you, but it acts like it's completely normal to Sonic. You're like, what? Why are there Zeddies? What's a Zeddy? Why do they have conch shells? Um, like, that's this <laughs> That's this movie. Uh, personally, so weird. personally, to me, I think the whole South Island, the princess, the marrying the princess... Um, those plots could have been taken away. They could have focused on maybe Eggman's uh, Eggman and Sonic and seeing like the duality, you know, like what's Eggman up to what, at the same, you know, with comedy scenes at the same time. And then you can see Sonic and his friends interacting instead of like focusing on these like weird like com- comedy scenes with this li- the little cat girl, Sarah. That was kind of strange. Right. But uh, let's talk directly about the characters in these games we're also going to be talking about the new characters in this in these game in these games so the first character that you might have heard of his name is sonic the hedgehog he's pretty popular out there um i think a lot of the trademarks of sonic the hedgehog are intact in this uh anime uh including him being lazy at the beach mocking mm-hmm. robotnik and of course his speed uh he has a very similar lurk look to Sonic CD, it gives you those vibes, especially when he's running around. Um, Sonic in this film is voiced by Martin Brook, who hasn't really voiced, hasn't hasn't really done anything voice work wise, but he's acting in some uh, small indie films. So, hmm. what is your opinion on not only the English voice, uh, but the overall way that he was uh, represented in the anime? I thought Sonic was portrayed really well. I think sometimes. Um, you know, adaptations drop the ball on Sonic. I think the 2020 movie honestly did a terrible job with Sonic. Like I get that they're setting up 
to make Sonic the character that we know and love. But for the first like hour or more of the film, he's so mopey and he's just like directionless and he wants like a family. And here Sonic's just like cool with chilling on a beach. And then when he sees there's danger, he gets kind of annoyed at first that Tails is even, you know, annoyed yelling at him. And he's like, what is it? Shut up, Tails. Um, but I just, I, I think Sonic's, uh, he's kind of a jerk here, but he's also likable. Uh, I think that's um, his. Character. I don't know if you know too much. Sorry, yeah. I don't, do you know? Do you know much about the Fleetway Sonic? Like he's a complete jerk. The yeah, uh, British no, comics, of course. He's the one where he's like, if Tails falls down, he'll die. Good, and then he just like yeah, he has like the, I, all the memes. I kind of feel like they took some of that from from this, or maybe they didn't, but it just he does seem a little more jerky than usual here, but he is redeeming. Um, not the greatest representation of Sonic, but he, it's up there. I like him in this. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's good. I, I actually kind of agree with you. This is a more Sonic team representation of, like, classic Sonic team representation of Sonic. I understand the one in the movie, they're trying to do, like, this is an all-new Sonic, right? The movie one. So it's kind of hard for me to compare because, like, the comedy, the way he acts, uh, his whole motivation is, like completely different than this like here he's just like bored i don't i don't think he ever said i'm doing this to save my friends or anything like that it was just like oh all right i'll do it my favorite part though is when he um when eggman tells him oh yeah this happened and then tells is like and then tells says something he's oh it's a trap of course he's on 99 out of 100 times eggman lies and then he and then uh and then it tells is like what happens to this is that one time and he's like all right let's do it i'm in that's all it took i was like all right um, the next person we have is Good Boy Tails. Personally, I thought this was a really cool look at Tails and made me think of how much the character has regressed in Sonic Forces. There was a part towards the end of the film where Sonic is missing and Tails is figuring out Robotnik's plans. Knuckles wants to drop everything and find Sonic, but Tails understands already that Sonic and Hyper Metal Sonic have to meet at the same place because they have the same personalities. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but Tails has a higher IQ than me. So I'm just going to take his word for it that he knew <laughs> everything already. He was already like a 4D chess plan, right? He's using this high tech intelligence. I also like that he was like working on like a motherboard or whatever. And he's like pulling out the CPU and they showed it all detailed. I thought that was kind of cool. I really like the machinery look in this film. Um, him focusing on the solution instead of running around and worrying about Sonic the whole time is refreshing. He is voiced by Liani Frazier, which has nothing to do with Frazier the show, which is very, very good show. And you guys should watch it. <laughs> but what do you think about her portrayal as <sighs> Tails? Because I think she's like the worst one because every time she would talk, I'm like, oh, dude, stop. Yeah, she, Hi, she was a little too I'm loud. Tails. Yeah, a little too loud. Sounded like she had a. I mean, they all sound like they have colds. I think, but they did. Um, her tails especially was very whiny, loud. Um, and I honestly, I prefer when they have like little kids voicing, like little boys voicing tails, like in Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, mm -hmm. um, rather than women voicing tails, just because I feel like they do. It sounds too much like that nasally or raspy anime kind of little kid voice where it's like i gotta find sonic i gotta get me <laughs> instead of him just Perfect. being like you a little kid you should voice sonic you know, for I, the ova re, uh, remaster you could do uh the little kid what, where he's like 
Boys, uh, Tails, I think we've got to go stop Robotnik. And then Tails goes, yeah, I think we should. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. I don't know. But um, uh, what's your just... opinion on his uh, how he's portrayed in this story? Good, you know, he, he's not like cowering in a corner, crying, he... pooping his pants like in Sonic Forces. I think um, it... he's actually figuring stuff out. He's smart. I like that. Uh, in the first five minutes of the film, he's like attacking an owl, dude. The old man owl. I'm like, dude, this guy is, is senior citizen. Tails, please have. Some compassion. He just like attacks the guy in the plane, dude. I'm like, I, I saw him trying to like do a, a barrel roll. It, dude, Tails is very deadly. Like he's underratedly deadly in this movie. In this movie, it really shows you how vicious he is. Let's talk about the next bad boy. Knuckles. I mean, when you see Knuckles, he has such a cool. I mean, I, I had to make the picture of him with his glasses because when he when he crawls out of his hole, which I I couldn't stop laughing. I laughed for like almost the whole movie because it's just the fact that he crawls out of a hole, like he's like a homeless man with a sack. Well, hmm. I guess we can talk about the biggest change so far when it comes to our main characters, which is Knuckles, who is uh, in this movie is sporting a hat and, and uh, digs underground. Which I guess in the classic series. They didn't say he couldn't dig underground, or did he ever show? I know he could crawl on the side of of of, of uh, buildings and stuff, but like bef- this is way more adventure Knuckles than it's ever been. I think, right? Like, I feel like Knuckles and adventure was literally based on the fact that he was digging in this movie, like digging and being a treasure hunter, or was that already established before this? No, it, it was very strange because you know, coming out in nineteen ninety six, he's supposed to be the guardian of Angel Island, but mm-hmm. I guess they didn't really ke- pick up on the fact that he was, like, committed to protecting the Master Emerald. And Forgot. I guess with no, with no Master Emerald, like in Sonic Boom, there's no Master Emerald. Mm. Um, Knuckles is just kind of doing his own thing. So it's it's interesting. He becomes, like, a, a meathead weightlifter in Sonic Boom. And yeah. here he becomes uh, Indiana Jones, basically. Um, I like this better than the weightlifter like i like the whole yeah the he's a treasure hunter he's pretty cool looking guy he's uh he knows everything about the ground i guess i think it's interesting too that um uh the voice of him bill wise looking at his imdb he actually was in incredibles 2 he played the the guy who they thought was the main villain the screen slaver i don't know if you saw that movie but there's a pizza delivery man that they think is the villain but he's actually set up it's like a trick yeah but i'm surprised that like the guy who voiced knuckles is in like a major pixar film he's also that's in, kind of uh, surprising he's also in some mainstream tv shows uh transparent on um amazon prime and i zombie i don't know if he's a reoccurring role oh, wow. but i'm he, he's also an actor and he's got that going um i'm trying to look oh yeah the hat is a thing that a lot of people talk about when they talk about knuckles because it's a tie-in with the Archie comic. Is that correct? Yeah. So the Archie comic picked up on this and like used it, which oh, was kind of weird. So it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. It's not they they copied Archie comics. Is that Archie comics decided that it looked cool and they want and they wanted it? Right. And you know, I don't. I forgot when the hat came about. I'm pretty sure it was after 1999. But there were times when the Archie comic artists would pick up on stuff happening in Japan and like kind of hint at it or bring it into the comics and you're like that's kind of weird you know what is that and then years later you're like oh they they saw some like japanese magazine or something like that but yeah 
let's talk about the next guy. I think Robotnik, which is, that's what he's called here in the American version. In the Japanese version, obviously, he's always been Eggman, never Robotnik. Mm-hmm. So here he holds the same silly qualities we like. Um, I like, at least. I think it's even captured really well in the first few. Uh, uh, the way he, like, I don't know if you guys played the original Sonic. I always thought of Eggman as a kind of a slap silly villain because the way he runs when he, like, loses against Sonic and stuff. All that is captured kind of perfectly here. He's kind of like, he's a villain, yes, but at the same time, he's kind of a pushover and you're not really scared of him. And they kind of show this. Uh, the only thing I kind of didn't like about him was him lusting after uh, uh, Sarah, though they didn't really like make him a creep or anything. Like he's not like, oh, like, ooh, ooh, boobies or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, there was more like perverted things with Sarah based on like egg, like uh, uh, Metal Sonic's lo- like looking up her skirt in an accident or something. But like, out- I mean, outside of that, I mean, Edwin Neal is not the best Robonic, probably the worst Robonic I've heard. Is there somebody worse than the this dub of Robonic? I always like Robonics, and he's probably the best one here, Edwin Neal. Um, yeah. And uh, so Edwin Neal actually has bigger – had a, his breakthrough role apparently was he played an interrogator in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he was in the <laughs> in the JFK movie. He uh, also he also did the soy, the suit acting for uh, Lord Zed on the OG Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Remember uh, Lord Zed? He was actually yeah, yeah. so. Um, what's your opinion on his uh, uh, Eggman and or Robotnik and Robotnik being called Robotnik in this one? And uh, I guess his overall look. I really love the animation for him, especially this frame that I have on the screen. If you're watching it, it's, <laughs> it's just him going like what? Yeah what <laughs> uh no i i think he did a fine job he wasn't the best robotnik though i mm-hmm. think um man if i'm gonna rate i'm gonna rank them right now i would say Oof. uh mike pollock number one okay you gotta give it um, to him number number two john long baldry or whatever it was for um the uh, adventures of sonic the hedgehog number three Oof. I, I can't think of anyone else I guess there was the guy in Underground. So I, w- I would say I prefer Edwin Neal's take on the character to um, the Sonic Underground one, just because he sounded exactly like the actor playing him. I'm trying to remember his name, but like he was, um, he plays Pete, uh, you know, in the Mickey Mouse stuff. And um, he does a ton of Disney character voices, but his Robotnik voice was just like very generic uh, Disney movie villain. Um, so you know so good, good for edwin <laughs> the next one we got is uh sarah who is i guess what amy played in sonic cd but this time she's like a i want to say human sassy cat girl who plays the damsel in distress as she is kidnapped by robotic who plans on marrying her big yikes i put on here well i think her whole outfit in this anime is a bit revealing with the crop tops and really short skirts I did like her whole comedy bit, like uh, I said with Eggman. She also gets a few pervy scenes that new viewers might find problematic. She is voiced by Sasha, and I don't know how to say her last name. Bicey? Bicey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what is your whole, I guess, opinion on this? Uh, I don't know if she's human. She looks human to me. But I I will talk about her dad, who does not look that human. But 
Um, what's your whole opinion on her and like her role in the film? I feel like she just kind of like I they could have cut this out. Like I don't want this. I I didn't think she w- was a real standout character. I think she was fine. You know, by this time we knew Amy Rose very well, so she seemed kind of like pointless. Like it would have been, I guess it would have made more sense to have Amy Rose, but then Amy Rose would be a princess, which is kind of weird. Um, I don't know. You know, I was never a big fan of the Madonna concept that they had for the original Sonic game. So I guess you're kind of getting it here and in some form. She's okay. (laughs) I don't know. I'm, I, I'm very neutral on the character. I don't really like or dislike Sarah. It's weird that she's a cat girl though. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know cat. I mean, I mean, we've been on the internet Right for maybe like since the early two thousands, right? Me and you. I don't know how long you've been on, but like, you know, communities and right. stuff. And like, I kind of feel like the cat girl thing like started like that. I started listening to it, and it's become an online thing when like Twitter started launching, and I started seeing all these like cat girl like icons and stuff. I didn't know in the mid nineties there was like a trend in Japan and enough that there's like a cat girl in my uh, nineteen ninety six Sonic OVA, but. uh Cool. Well, there was the show Gunsmith Cats, right? Oh, I've never seen it. Were they cat girls? Ah, no, I don't think they were. We need, we need, <laughs> we need, we need to have people that study cat girl phenomenons to tell us. But um, yeah, the president of South Island is the next guy we're talking about, and he's also uh, voiced by Edwin Neal, who we talked about was in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, did the robotic voice. He also did the Mecca robotic voice which i mean it is robotic in the suit so he played three characters technically um first it's strange that he doesn't have an official name but this man sort of played the trope of the king who needs the heroes to help him save his empire only here he is a president yeah he also has his weird look where he has like cat-shaped ears uh is he human or what um this whole outfit also has kind of like a ship navy captain look with like even the stashel um, and obviously that, I mean, that's all I put as my notes for him. What's your opinion on his whole thing? And what do you think about when you were a kid? Like, do you ever see a president that looked like he uh, was a Navy ship captain? Yeah, I, I thought the character was very strange when I first saw this, um, to see someone who's the president yeah. of South Island, which is Sonic's home. And I always thought it was just kind of like the the place in Sonic one where you went through all the zones and all of a sudden they uh. have a president. Um, his look, too, is kind of strange. I know the Sonic wiki is like, he's based on Alex Kidd, which is just probably some 14-year-old like throwing that up there as something that's not true. Um, Maybe Alex Kidd's dad. I think, though, <laughs> I think the look of him, what they were trying to do was give, like, the land of the sky their Eggman. Because mm-hmm. when you look at Eggman, he's kind of a leader, too, in his own little uniform, but he's from the land of darkness. So it would make sense that the good the good guys would have their own... Um, Eggman, you know, leader. Yeah. And I will say, I think he makes a lot more sense, the look of him and everything for Sonic than the president in Sonic Adventure 2 does, who's just a white guy in a suit. Oh, he's the best, you know? dude. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, I know. I voted favorite. for I love him, his haircut. So. The, 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 yeah, the army yeah. haircut. Um, yeah. They couldn't do anything else. I'm sorry. Um, the next – I think this is – I mean the actor that played him doesn't have a picture. So we don't know what he looks like. But he only had like maybe 10 words in here. Um, one of the biggest reasons that Sonic CD always got me hyped was Metal Sonic. I thought if I had to choose the best villain Sonic's ever fought, I think Metal Sonic's always more the most hype. Um, 
in Sonic 2, it wasn't Metal Sonic. What is it? Mecha Sonic? Or what do the fans call him? Um, well, he wasn't in it. So, yeah, it was like Mecha Sonic, they yeah. called it. It was like a different iteration. And the Archie comics later, like, were treating it like Mark 1, Mark 2. So they were all the same. Okay. Um, so, because yeah. I got yelled at, like, when I first started Sega Bits and I did an article, I called, um, I called... The, I guess Mecha Sonic or whatever you want to call him from 2. I called him Metal Sonic and like I had like a few people like message me and be like, you're an idiot. You shouldn't be writing about Sega if you're not going to be doing this right. And like they sounded deeply offended. So I'm sorry if I offend you guys <laughs> in this one. But uh, Hyper Metal Sonic. And uh, uh, what do you th- – I mean he, ha- he has Sonic's memories. I guess this is why they call him Hyper Metal Sonic. I'm assuming that's what separates Hyper Metal Sonic from Metal Sonic in the lore is that he has Sonic's memories or is that not a thing? I yeah. thought he, he always did. No. Yeah. And this was not an English dub thing because I do remember the Japanese Robotnik going uh, – or Eggman going, Hyper Metal Sonic. So, you know, <laughs> it's like – it is definitely something they threw in there. I – I, I guess maybe it was kind of going like with the supersonic thing where it was like an advanced form of Metal Sonic. So it was hyper Metal Sonic. Yeah. Very strange. Um, he basically doesn't really talk. The idea is that since he has Sonic's memories, he could talk to Sonic telepathically. Um, mm-hmm. So in the beginning of their fight, they do the whole only one Sonic or whatever. And uh, right. and then he dies, right? He I think he he had the coolest plot point. I thought... I really like the way they did the whole, like, you know, when you watch Dragon Ball and there's always that, I'm way stronger than you. They did that with <laughs> with uh, <laughs> Hyper Metal Sonic and he did the whole, like, he disappears, but it's like a, a pink laser thing. And then all of a sudden he's on the other side and then Eggman and then and right in front of Sonic and Sonic's like, wow, how do you get there? You know, he's so fast. And they did the whole, you know, when uh, in Dragon Ball when they're fighting and they're just like dots in the sky. They did that too when they were running uh, after each other. So very mm-hmm. anime fighting, very uh, cliche, but uh, I love him. The guy that played his voice was terrible. They shouldn't have had any voices or they should have had like a, I don't know, somebody like even the one line uh, Gary Dehan had was not good. Um, I looked him up. The voice actor for this, no picture. And his biggest film is this. And like he was producer and had like minor roles in some Sur- Sakura Wars animes. So at mm. least he's got that. Um, let's talk about your favorite character, Barry, Old Man Owl. Oh, yeah. And I have two pictures of him if you're watching the video. One with his skateboard outfit and one with his wizard outfit with the mushroom dickhead thing on the top. I don't know what that <laughs> is. Um, this is – I'll just tell you what I wrote here so and then you can tell me your opinion. But uh, this one is one of those very strange characters that became a meme now because of how silly he is. I love him. I really think he fits fine in the universe. Uh, just wish he would uh, maybe given a reason reason for him to delivering Sonic. You know, like we don't know why he's delivering Sonic this news. What I, he just like came out of nowhere, and then he's like, Sonic's right. like, take care of my island, and he's like, oh, all right, and that's it. And then he comes back in the end a little bit for a comedy scene, um, and then I guess he was in the end of the fight too. He didn't do much, but he was there. Um, we also have people talking about how. The new Sonic movie, the whole owl reference is to him. But, like, this guy's a male mm-hmm. and has – he like, the way he acts and the way he talks to Sonic and all this, like, relationship with him is totally different from the, the 2020 movie. Like, it's like a mo- mother figure, the owl. Right. So, yeah. Um, 
He is also voiced by Charles Campbell, who uh, Charles used to work at ADV Films as the first in-house ADR audio engineer. So he not only did he produce and direct a ton of animes, he also had roles in anime dubs such as Neon, Genesis Evangelion, Samurai X Reflection, Black Lying, Gotcha Man, and the the Devil Lady series. Uh, what's your opinion on, I guess, his voice acting of it and uh, and the character overall? <laughs> I mean, do you is this a kind of a character you would want to see come back or keep him in the movies? I would. I I I think I really liked how the direction they were taking with the rebooted Archie comics. I felt like they would eventually put Old Man Owl in it. Unfortunately, they didn't, and we haven't seen him since. But, I mean, I like Whisper and Tangle in the new IDW stuff, but I would love to see Old Man Owl brought into it. I think he's uh, really quirky. Yeah. I also think it's funny that the, the costume you're showing there with, like, his uh, skateboard costume, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be him wearing Sonic's clothes. So fans have actually drawn fan art of sonic wearing those clothes and he looks so 90s it looks great like sonic sonic in that like weird m pink stuff uh yeah is pretty funny but yeah i i love uh old man owl i think charles did a decent job i mean he just sounds like a kooky old owl man he's like oh hello sonic hello you know um maybe give him but, a, an actual name though like old man owl is like kind of but owls yeah owls are a huge thing like in sonic team stuff like uh night's journey of dreams the sequel had an owl remember that mm-hmm. uh and then of course the 2020 sonic movie they i don't know like they should put owls more owls in all of the sega stuff so Se- sonic's 30th anniversary game 30 owls in it that's that's what it needs I an owl it. for every year there's an owl in uh there's a robotic owl in sonic lost world so uh, obviously we're not a huge fan of the english dub so i'm gonna skip this question <laughs> and just ask you would you like to see this be redubbed with new actors if so what cast would you like to see take on the roles so what i would like them to do is i would like them to re-release this on blu-ray yeah. from like uh discotech or something like that you know they've they've handled some pretty great releases recently we also had um uh uh man, what's that master system zillion mm. zillion came out recently in a really great um blu-ray release so release this on blu-ray give it i don't know if you can give it a original scan you know of the of the negatives i don't know if they still have that but at least present it in a more you know, 1080p state if possible Ooh. and do a redub of it with the new voice actors from the games. I think I'd be, it'd be really interesting to have like Mike Pollock do Eggman in this and, and it would be a straight dub using the Japanese um, translation uh, script translation. Yeah. So every, it would be Eggman, Eggman land. I think that would be awesome and put it on there with the old one too. So it would be like brand new dub, you could hear Roger Craig Smith, you know, like that'd be kind of fun. I'd, I'd like it. I think if Sega can afford like having an animation for like the Sonic, uh, a budget for to do the Sonic Mania animation, you know, even though there's no voices on it, I think they right. could just like buy the rights to this and like just like dub it and put it on like, I don't know. I want to say like just put it on YouTube to like promote the Sonic brand, like Kind of like the reason, the whole reason the Sonic Mania Adventure cartoons were out were to support the Sonic brand, right? 
So, uh, right. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I, I agree with you. The, uh, the original video game voice actors doing this would be really, really cool. And it would give it some, uh, balance where you're not like, Oh, this is Sonic's voice now. And then you go to this and it's like all these like weird actors are not very good. Um, right. <laughs> so let's talk about the world that this OVA takes place. Uh, while you expect it to take place in the world of Sonic, uh, this place is quite different, and it even goes into the plot of the story. Basically, the movie takes place in Planet Freedom, and not to be mistaken with Freedom Planet, a good game, uh, which <laughs> you guys should play. And it's obviously inspired by this man, uh, OVA, the name of the game. In, uh, in this world, there are two regions. This is the Land of Darkness and the Land of the Sky. Uh, that means that there are all the zones and cities reside with these two regions. Of course, the land of the sky is where our heroes live, and the land of darkness is where Robot is Robotnik's turf. The land of the sky are are floating land masses, while la the land of darkness is dark due to like clouds and uh, basically uh, sky. I mean, <laughs> the, the the land on top covering it, so it's just always in darkness, and, right. and it looks abandoned. To be honest with you, once we'll tar start talking about it, but first visit that we get to see is Sonic's island um the first picture i i mean the picture i put on the notes is the 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 plane and stuff the one we have here is just like an uh sonic on the beach but let me let me move it i got the other picture here but yeah uh what is your opinion on sonic's island um there is one weird thing like within this okay so the story within the land of the sky takes place in south island that's the island we're, we're mm -hmm. at the whole time when we visit the first place we get to see is sonic's island which has a similar look to the games, including flowers and crab meat badniks. But in this version, mm -hmm. Sonic lives in a torn down airplane. And like, yeah, everything's like stacked up on these like, he, okay, so there's like a volcano. And then around the volcano, like going up the volcano, there's like all these abandoned like trains and like boats. And, on, and then on the ground, there's like a like abandoned plane. And that's where Sonic sleeps. And he just hangs out in the front of it and it's all rotten and it's like overgrown grass on it. So right. yeah. What do you think about this depiction of Sonic's Island? And what do you think about him living in like decay and in, in ruin? <laughs> well, it's interesting because Sonic really doesn't have a house typically, but now that you bring it up, you know, this is a home of his Sonic boom has like a hut that he lives in on an Island. Um, That's true. And so with that in mind, like, that's all you have really to compare, but Sonic seems to like to live on the on a beach. Um, but yeah, even it, there even, is a very sorry, go on. there's like a there's like a strange history that they don't get into in this whole anime where it's like, um, and we'll get to it with the Land of Darkness, but here it's like something happened that yeah. caused people to move into the sky on floating islands, and on top of that, something happened for all of this like technology to become decayed and either not working or discarded like did these people die you know did this like crash here or did they just go you know what we have no need for airplanes or the uss enterprise or or trains like it's very clear that there was no accident it's not like this train crashed and i think i see a ferris wheel like it's very clear that they were like it was a dumping ground and so it's like in what in what way did this happen <laughs> like how did all of this random stuff from earth get dumped on a floating Island and then decay to the point 
where now Sonic's living inside of it. Like, it's very clear that Sonic was not alive when all of this weird stuff went down. And I feel like that's a common anime trope from this era. Like, I, I recently saw Alita Battle Angel, and I looked up the story behind it. And, it, and it opens where it's like, it's the future. Something happened in the past. And here's, what? like, the mess that everyone lives in. You know what I mean? Post-apocalyptic, um, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's just very strange... And and I don't know if I said it in this or when we when we did our first uh, attempt at recording, but like I, I spend less time enjoying the story here and more time trying to figure out like what happened, and they never tell you what happened, and so it's you know, really frustrating. You know what? When I was doing the research and doing uh, the little write ups on these little areas that you uh, kind of like visit. The whole time I was thinking, yeah. like, this would make a really sick Sonic level. Like, every single time I was looking at a new one, I was like, oh, this would make a sick Sonic level. And then I'm like, the next one, Robotnik Land, I'm like, or Robotnik Topia, whatever they call it in this one. Um, right. Uh, I was like, oh, this looks even cooler than the Sonic colors. And I was like, uh, going, you know, getting all hyped when I saw it in the anime. Yeah, I've done this a few times where I've gone through the anime and, like, just picked out six or seven locations that would make for a sonic game and they they exist like there's there's definitely like you could adapt this into a traditional sonic game with like six or seven stages and i know people have attempted it but no one's really done it fully they've always just done like one level um and i'd love for all the fan games going on like this is one i'd really love to see like happen and become complete as a sonic ova complete adaptation uh 2d game i think that'd be awesome Next, we're going to look at President's City, but we don't uh, – yeah, I, I said that we don't really get to travel, but then I really saw it and I, and I clipped out some stuff. Basically, you just get a really like fast glimpse of what President's City looks like. You get an outside shot of all the floating islands with bridges interconnecting it. And in the middle of all these – it's like one, two, three, four, five. Uh, no, it's six islands around it. Uh -huh. And in the middle, there's a, a large mass of land and – obviously floating so there's like bridges from the six floating islands around the middle one and in the middle there's yeah. a white house that looks exactly like the america's white house like like they were literally it's like the white house the way it looks oh, it and is. even with the little yeah so there's skyscrapers bridges uh what do you think about the president's white house and uh that it literally looks like our white house what is your whole opinion on that I mean, it's it's fine. Again, it's strange. It's just a very weird concept. I think what I find so strange about it is in the Sonic games, the floating island, Angel Island, was weird to everyone. Like, all the characters are like, this thing's crazy. It's a floating island. Whoa. And in the Sonic OVA, they're like, you you get a floating island, and you get a floating island, and you get a floating island. Like, they all live on floating islands. And I feel like it's almost like someone didn't get the memo, and they're like... Oh, so Sonic lives on the floating island, right? They all do? And someone else is like, I don't think that's right. And he goes, no, I'm putting it in there. That seems right. The president got and six so it, floating islands with one in the middle, so seven floating islands in total for himself. Yeah, it's crazy. That, it's insane. Too many. Too many floating yeah. islands. Um, I, I I was looking at it. I thought the bridge concept of all the bridges like are is pretty cool, and it looks cool in the sky. Um, would I want a Sonic level in President's uh, City? No way, because like I could already see all the like it like pitfalls like falling into holes in here. I'm good, dude. Mm. I think I'd rather uh, 
I'd rather go to the land of darkness, which we're talking about next. And uh, so then we have a look at the land of darkness, which is a region where our favorite villain Robotnik lives in. Obviously, we talked about the land being dark because the floating islands and clouds above. There seems to be plenty of green life left, even though it's gotten less sun. There are two ways to enter. Whirlwind portals surrounded by clouds or a warp zone. I don't even know where this came mm. from. I, I saw it in the in the Sonic Retro notes, so they have to be right. There's no way Sonic Retro would light us. Um, what is your opinion on the land of darkness and our hero's first look into it? Do you think it's a concept that would work in other Sonic games? I mean, it kind of has been in another Sonic game. This looks like the end of Sonic Adventure, which is why I find this whole thing so strange because it came out in 96. However, they released it in America to coincide with Sonic Adventure. And it very clearly looks like Station Square was destroyed by chaos. And so, you know, again, when you're, when you're watching this and playing Sonic Adventure and you don't really know the context of everything, you're like, what happened? Like, is this like post Sonic Adventure and Sonic doesn't remember what happened? And, it's, yeah. I mean, it's cool, but it's just it's just so strange that the Sonic OVA has so many elements of not only past games, but future games. And yeah. so, like you said, with the owl in the Sonic movie, like I think people will look at the OVA and they're like, clearly the OVA influenced the end of Sonic Adventure, and clearly the OVA influenced the Sonic movie. I don't think that's the case. I think it just it's like a series of really weird coincidences, which makes the OVA not only not feel like Sonic because there's so many weird things in it, but feel like Sonic because a lot of the different parts are from other things unknowingly. I don't know. It's it's very strange. Yeah, uh, I have to agree with you on that. Uh, I, it's weird because like Sonic, I mean, they even got Knuckles as a treasure hunter, which he literally is in Sonic Adventure. So like, if like yeah. this releasing on it somehow it works with Sonic Adventure more than I think they would the classic games, at, at, like you said. But, right. Yeah. So let's talk about Ancient Relics, which is the next next place we're going to. I really like the way this looks like the next place on our journey is ancient relics which is an abandoned metropolitan city which uh is uh totally ran down it has like moss growing on buildings uh there's right. even an empire state building so it's kind of hinted that this is new york city um it was half the city was submerged by water so this kind of makes this even made me question even more like what happened here and like you said in right. um in Sonic Adventure, we're in a real city, and then when Chaos attacks, water starts flowing the city. Remember that? Kind of reminded yeah, me of exactly. this what it would look like afterwards. Um, <clears throat> while we traveled the world with Sonic, even went to Bad Futures. Uh, wait, what? Okay. Uh, you think? Uh, what do you th- do? You think this captures uh, kind of like a Sonic vibe, like a ruined city in water? You know, I. Th- I, I think at the time it didn't, but looking back now it does. Uh, if you play, I mean, if you dare play Sonic 06, and if you play Sonic Generations, you see the uh, Crisis City. Um, mm. I, I think this really kind of nails that, except instead of water, those are fire. Um, so it it not only, like I was saying, it not only did not feel like Sonic at the time, but has now since become very Sonic. So it's 
It's yeah. it's weird. Um, but mm. it works. And I honestly, that's why I'm coming back to saying I'd love to see a fan game because I'd love to see a ruined, uh, partially underwater city covered in vines. Like there's so many things you could do. You could make that your water level and your yeah. city level, which I don't think they've ever done. Um, so they, uh, I mean, like we've seen other games like Sonic Forces try to do like a bad future where it's like a rundown Green Hill Zone. I just don't think they got the level of decay and like art down to like look like this. I feel like they this anime got the whole like ruined down city. Like I could even see Sonic. I could already see the racetrack around this city where Sonic would run in, jump, ran, have like these boosts where you jump off the top of a building and like catch massive air. And then jump to another platform, right. so it's pretty insane. I, I ancient uh, relics and like the land of darkness in this is probably my favorite bit of the movie. Um, I think, um, like you said, now it makes more sense because in the past, like the original games, it was all very bright colored. You're going into ancient ruins, uh, like uh, high tech cities, like casinos. You know, not really right. like a New York collapsed New York. So. The last part we're going to visit is uh, <laughs> Robotropolis or Eggman Land if you uh, like son- – if you are Japanese, right? Which name do you right. like better, Eggman Land or uh, Robotropolis? Well, for me, Robotropolis was always the thing in the Saturday morning cartoon and it seemed like a very specific place. So when I see it used here, it seems really strange because it does not look – anything like what Robotropolis was, whereas Eggman Land always felt like more of an idea. Like, it felt like um, Eggman Land was always his end goal, and it was very rare that he actually got it. And so when he finally did have an Eggman Land in uh, Sonic Unleashed, it was a big deal. And then when he had a theme park, it was also a big deal in colors. But here it's just like... Oh, he's had Eggman Land for years, and it's it's actually, he's like forced out of it, and he has to go beg Sonic to help him. And so it's almost like here, it's like Sonic's okay with him having a base, whereas every other time, they're like, we need to destroy this place. Yeah. Um, so and, it's, uh, it's odd. Yeah, and it, I also was going to say that, like, it looks like Eggman has a cooler bigger more built city than like sonic like sonic has like a trash island that like people throw all their trash in right sonic just lives in the trash eggman like spend his time to decorate put all these lights to make this like massive mountain thing that looks like he's glaring down at you it looks it looks insane i don't know if you guys if you guys yeah. ever watched the anime it's this like it looks like a mountain made out of buildings and in the middle yeah. of the, all the lights, it's like all they're shaped as Eggman's face. I guess you could say his emblem that he loves so much. Um, yeah. What do you? We've seen Eggman Land being used in other animes. Uh, what What is your favorite uh, depiction of Eggman Land? And uh, what do you think? How would this one rank to those? Um, I mean, I think this one just standing back visually, it uh, it looks really cool. Um. Maybe it's just because they show it in every establishing shot on the uh, Saturday morning cartoon where they had Robotropolis, which I guess you could say is an Eggman land. Um, Mm -hmm. That one, I think, is the most iconic just because, like, it's that weird big tower in the middle of a city. And it actually is very foreboding. Like, characters did not always go there. But when they had to, you you knew that it was, like, going to be a dark episode, like someone was going to die or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Here, though, you know, you don't really get into the actual land itself. You just kind of see it from afar and you get kind of a taste of it, but nothing nothing to really show it off. So I I would say the, the number one Eggman land is the one in Unleashed just because it was such a huge deal for it to be the final stage at the time. Um, and it was a long stage, too, because he had Werehog taking like 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. Forever. Um, and I think, um, did you jump between the two in the same stage? Uh, I don't remember. I haven't played that game in a long time. I think you did. I have to, I that's a, the one stage I've never completed. It was so hard. Do you want to see more Eggman Land in the future Sonic games? Um, I I like it because it gives him a motivation. I think the more recent games, he doesn't really have one. Like, what was he doing in Lost World? Like, he wanted to control... The Zeddy? Maybe. You know, Why like not? what was... <laughs> and then they so had a conch shell. Like it just was all very weird. I liked it here though. I want it to come back for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the thing with like the new Sonic games. I feel like they're playing up this whole like, well, the last game had this world. I, like, I, I don't know. Is there an established Sonic modern world where we could sit down and like pinpoint what Sonic world's really like? I mean, we had Adventure, then we had no. 2, and then we had Heroes, then we had like Unleashed, which is like a Pixar game sort of in the story wise and then like lost world which is that we could forget about because it's like not even in sonic's world and then we had forces which is like a new world where eggman owns everything almost um right yeah i mean if you're asking the question i'd say the archie comics kind of did their own version of a map which tied in game places and archie locations mm. um but as far as the official uh, games, the only maps I can really think of is the Sonic Adventure 2 map, which gives Green Hill Zone kind of its own place within everything. Um, and then the Unleashed map, which doesn't reference any of the past locations, but retroactively people are like, oh, Empire City is the capital of Gun, which is its own nation it's like the America equivalent in Sonic's world. So and it's there's been some kind of like, <laughs> yeah. And so there's been like so fans. American. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been fans like mashing together the maps and like making sense of it. But all in all, there, there is no established one really. And it changes all the time. Like I'm sure if you ask, and Azuka's the word, like I like Azuka on a technical level, but as a like storyteller, He's just like, I bet you could ask him, hey, in in uh, Sonic Forces, does Empire City and all the places from Sonic Unleashed exist? And he'll be like, well, they do share a plot and take place in the same universe. No, they do not. And you're like, well, how does that work? It's a different dimension. And you're oh, like, okay. how does that work? You know? it's uh, Yeah. And what's an agent to tell you, well, it's a blue hedgehog that talks, dude. And then you're all right. So I, I guess the... I mean, I've kind of gone off topic here, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the one thing I really like about the Sonic OVA is they actually make an effort to create an entire, like, world for Sonic to the point where it's like, he lives here, Eggman lives here, here's the uh, uh, planet, here's the floating islands. Like, it all makes sense, even Mm. though it's very strange for Sonic. Um, Mm. And I think a lot of the games could actually learn from this just in terms of like world building. I think there's a lot of world building here. It's just a one shot 
So you never go back to it. I think if they made a sequel and went into, uh, you know, like how this whole planet freedom came about, I think it would be very cool. You know, maybe do time travel. Sonic goes back in time and sees how that city was destroyed. Uh, be fun. I don't know. Um, I was going to talk about how this game is influenced by the intro to Sonic CD. I actually even read an interview yes. with that. The reason there was an anime, obviously, because it was on on Sega CD. as one reason. But apparently mm-hmm. a lot of people back in the good old days complained that there wasn't enough, I guess, animated or like there, the, the endings for Sonic 1 and 2 were just kind of simple. And they were very simple, yeah. especially the first one, you know? There was like a good and bad ending, mm-hmm. and they were like very not the same. Like they were basically the same with just a little more two seconds, three seconds more. Um, not only that, it also felt like the animators tried to capture the feel of Sonic CD in the Sonic OVA at points, where like especially when Sonic's running. Um, so let me tell you some of the things they had in common. In Sonic CD, Sonic tries to save Little Planet, a floating extraterrestrial body that appears on the last month of each year, which Dr. Robonic has tethered to the Earth so he can transform it to a giant fortress. Sonic OVA, he is trying to marry Sarah to control the land and the sky. Both bodies of floating masses, I guess. Uh, Sonic's self-proclaimed girlfriend gets kidnapped. She didn't say he was Sonic's girlfriend, but I guess she did like Knuckles. Uh, During the events... Uh, rescuing her is part of the plot. In the OVA, uh, Amy's dancel of distress role is filled with Sarah, who seems to also have all smack you over the head at any second attitude. Metal and Sonic's ultimate showdown. In the end, obviously, Sonic CD's main villain is Metal Sonic. Um, from all of this, do you think that Sonic the movie OVA is cl- the closest we have gotten to something like a Sonic CD movie? In a way, I think I so, yeah, now that you... Now that you run through all that stuff, it's it's kind of clear that they were picking up on elements, um, yeah, from Sonic CD. But like again, I'd I'd love to see interviews with the creatives and the writers behind this because I want to know like who who came up with this stuff. Like, was this truly someone who was like, you know, I've always had this idea of this land of darkness, land of the sky, and I think I could make it work with Sonic, so I could tell my story and satisfy Sega's uh, you know need to have a Sonic movie. Um, you know, you it's, know, I, it's weird. Um, there's another thing you brought up before that, like, um, was it this one that we were talking about or a different one where you're saying that it kind of reminded you of, uh, oh, I think it was, never mind. I think we were talking about the original Sonic story. That's when we were talking about the origins, right? When there was like, a, they're telling, talking about storybook and how it was, it, Knights used that concept. Totally different. Right, Sonic. right. So you and I were talking offline about um, Sonic's like origin stories. Mm-hmm. Uh and there was a there was an origin story that Onishima, I think it was, came up with, where it was mm-hmm. like Sonic is a story that a father told his daughter. And I was I was telling you how it's a weird concept that never really came into play in the games. But when you look at Knights, Knights is like a dream that these kids are having, and they only kind of hint at what the kids are doing in real life. But mm-hmm. a bulk of the game is within the dream world, and I feel like. Uh, yeah, I, I just I feel like Sonic Team in general were throwing a, around a lot of goofy, weird, oddball ideas that they never really fully realized or or fully like laid out. I mean, 
the mere fact that you and I like would have to bother Aaron Weber at one point, we were like, Hey Aaron, is there like an internal story for Sonic? And he's like, yes. And we're like, okay, does Sonic exist (laughs) on earth? Like why, why is it that Azuka said five years ago that Sonic has his world and the world of the humans? What does he mean? Is he, is he mean like two separate worlds? And Aaron's like, kind of rolling his eyes. This was like an interview we did with him. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. like, he, and he basically was like, yeah, so it's two worlds. And then they merged into one. And then we looked into that and it was kind of like, that's what the Sonic X story was, where it was Sonic's world and our world merging into one. So it really seems like Sonic teams, creatives do have like a firm idea of Sonic's world but they either through not caring or or actually wanting to keep it a secret, they will not fully divulge it. And I honestly have to wonder if just they, the right person didn't ask the right question. Because it seems like every time we have a big event and people go up with a microphone and ask Azuka questions, they're always like, if Sonic met Spider-Man, who would win in a fight? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and true. I feel like if one of us, if one of us went up there and said, when you are developing the Sonic games, is there an internal story that you work off of? You know, like you just need to phrase it the right way. And, and you know, and does the story of Sonic X actually apply to the games? Like someone just needs to ask Azuka that. Cause it, I don't know. It feels like that's what I feel like I get from, from this, from this movie is that it could very well be an idea from Sonic team that they were like, yeah, we thought it was uh, a good idea. <laughs> so I, I do, I, I do want to talk a, a little bit about the time this movie came out, 1996, which is a very strange time to be. So basically, it was Sonic's fifth anniversary yeah. at this point, I would say, or close to it. He, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was fifth. And um, so the Sonic that it was created in 1996 in Japan. And like we stated earlier, this is during the time Sega was like, oh, I, we didn't actually state this earlier, but Sega was supporting the Sega Saturn at this time, which is notable for not having the Sony game, which was obviously a stupid idea. Every like even at that time, it was stupid not having a Sony game on the Sega Saturn. So why would they promote or fund an anime and OVA for a franchise that doesn't have a new game coming out unless they were just trying to promote Sonic Jam, like? Do you think it was a mistake right. for Sega not to make a 2D classic Sonic game on like the Sega Saturn, but like use the animations from this on um, cutscenes? Like they don't have to put all the stories, right? Like they could just cut like huh. the transition scenes and the oh the interactions with Knuckles and Sonic in random scenes where they you know like this level goes to this level. You know what I mean? Like they could have just used the, yeah. the like the beginning and the end. Yeah. yeah. That's like, a I'm good surprised. point. Like I, I, I do know Sonic Jam did have the trailers for the OVA on it. I don't know if it was to promote it at the time or if it was just like as an archive, you know, to be like Sonic had an OVA at one point. Um, Can you believe it? But yeah, that's like that's a really like missed opportunity there because you're right. Like it, a digitized. Uh, uh, full motion video graphics were a big thing at the time. So I can imagine they could have like taken clips from the movie and then built a game around it and then actually do what I was proposing where you can make an adaptation of this as a game. I think that would have been cool. 
And I think yeah. we, as kids at the time, would have ate it up. We'd been like, oh, my God, did you play Sonic Saturn? It's so cool. So it's different. Like, Knuckles is a treasure hunter mm. and, and yada, yada, you know. And then if that were to happen, we probably would have gotten this in 1996 rather than 1999. You know, like, they probably would have released it to the United States at least in 97. Yeah, um, and it would have definitely helped the Sega Saturn. <laughs> they really needed help. Like, I love Knights. Yeah. I think it's a great franchise, but, like, at the time, Sonic, like, five years... The, the boy was barely five years old, and, like, Sonic Team was trying to shelf him. Like, that's insane to me. Like, the fact that that even happened, right. and that's history, is crazy to me. But one thing that we don't talk about when we talk about this is the game's soundtrack. Uh, this soundtrack was done by Mitsuhiro Tada, and uh, doing some research, it looks like this is like the only thing he worked on. That other than like he he basically worked on some anime theme songs for some series, but he mm-hmm. worked on everything on this. Uh, he did Golden Boy and Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I don't watch a lot of Gundam, so I don't know if that's a good theme song he's made. But mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on his work on the OVA soundtrack? Uh, and do you how do you think it compares to the new 2020 movie uh, soundtrack? Do you think this is more of a sonic oh. tone? I I think the soundtrack to this is the highlight of it. I think it's an awesome soundtrack. Very catchy. You have the song Lookalike, which, to be honest, was very similar to like some of the Sonic CD Japanese music we had at the time, so it didn't seem out of place. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, I'm just thinking, you know, like that, the, da, 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 you know, it had that trumpety kind of, da, 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 and it used yeah. these like cool kind of like synth uh, uh, snares, like backwards snares that were always like, um, <laughs> so there was just, it was a very unique soundtrack, very catchy, suited Sonic very well. Um, I believe, I forgot who we were talking to at Sega. Um, I don't know if it was Sega Europe or Sega of America, but one of our connections was like, guys, I'm really trying to push Sonic OVA over here. I'm trying to get, I know we just had the re-release of the DVD uh, not too long ago. I'm trying to get them to do a soundtrack, but we don't know if we can find the original. So, you know, like there are people within Sega who are fans of this and are trying to push for merch. Um, uh, you, you, just, you you just ruined I, my next I, question. I, I well, you know, like I, I did, <laughs> but nah, it was yeah. Just, so, but okay. I was just gonna say, but let, let me ter- let me just get to the next question ter- real quick. In- that way, you could talk about it real quick. Uh, basically, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that the official OVA never had a soundtrack. Uh, would you want to see a soundtrack? Basically, and yeah, I'm assuming it's yes, since you brought up the story about Sonic mm-hmm. and Sega, right? Hmm. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And what format um, would you want to see it on? I, I think CD, digital, and vinyl, and to be honest, I'd probably pick up the vinyl because at this point, I get vinyls because I put CDs artwork. on a shelf after loading them into my computer, you know? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, but with vinyl, it's it's nice to like go down to the record player, pop it on, and listen to it every once in a while. It's, you know, and um, yeah, but you mentioned the 2020 Sonic Movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I've tried listening to that despite the talent behind it. It's very, very forgettable. I uh, don't like it. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, do you not just not like the soundtrack, like, period, as a soundtrack, or just not as a Sonic soundtrack? 
just it's it's very basic like adventure movie to be honest like i'll have to re-listen to it but nothing jumps out at me as like oh my god this is the 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 theme for sonic and i think i don't know like i i feel like a successful soundtrack applies memorable themes to places and characters and i feel like the sonic movie does it well and i think the i think the sonic movie if we're talking about two here does it poorly so um it's just i guess surprising that we have junky xl just kind of like going real basic yeah (laughs) like and boring Maybe it was what they wanted, right? The studio's like, give me a boring soundtrack. And he's like, yes, well, sir. Well, that was the and thing. He like, like, pumped it out. Junkie XL, he was saying that he wanted to use the original um, chiptune kind of uh, work it in there. And they were like, no. The studio exec said no. And I'm like, fuck these guys saying no. Who are these guys? Oh, we're making a Sonic movie. Uh, the, the soundtrack guy wants to use sound effects from the old machine that played the original Sonic games. That's Would dumb. anyone want to hear that? That's no, stupid. No. Do kids like chiptune music now? I don't think so. Do they sell vinyl records of uh, 16-bit soundtracks? Not, not last time I checked. No, they don't. Just give it a orchestral... <laughs> Sick of it. Um, so, <laughs> usually when we talk about these things, like, me and you, we're Sonic fans... Sega fans, so, like, our opinion is a little, like, skewed, you know? Like, we know the characters, we love the characters, so when we watch this, we're already coming in with, like, you know, high, you know, like, we like it. So, I wanted to see some reviews, so uh, I got a DVD Talk website review from 2004, who reviewed this DVD. This is, I I got a little snippet of the short review. You can tell me what you think about Mm -hmm. his opinion. This, quote, movie, unquote, has a feel of a TV show that you are uh, joining in the middle of the season. Uh, they don't introduce any of the characters. They assume you know them. This show also does not share continuity with, with any of the previous Sonic cartoons either, which makes it feel doubly tr- strange. The story didn't really pull me in at any time. Granted, I, it wasn't aimed at me, but the small amount of character development it did wasn't enough to make me care about the characters. The fights are pretty good, especially the battle at the end. But overall, the show is just mediocre. Um, <laughs> what do you do? You agree with this guy that like you're dropped in and like it? Like to me, it's like, bro, have you played a Sonic game? You think like in Sonic games are like 1991? Sonic is chilling in the beach. He just came back from uh, going right. to the store with this. You know what I mean? There was no story ever in Sonic movies. Right, I you're dropped in. I. I I generally like DVD Talk. I, I actually use their website a lot, especially for older DVDs. Like, you're not going to find reviews of Sonic the Movie on DVD that much, but when you do, TV, DVD Talk will have it. I'm assuming, though, that this then is a review of the re release, because if you're watching this on video, I've held this up a few times. This is the 1999 DVD. The re release looks a little different. I think it only has Sonic on the cover. I have not checked. If the video transfer is better, I'd be interested to see if it is, but these are out of print by that point. But going back to this review, what annoys me is I, and Roger Ebert did this too. So when Roger Ebert reviewed the Ninja Turtles live action movie, which is great, saying it was based on a, he kept saying it was based on a video game. He was saying like Ninja Turtles is based on the, the NES video game. And it's like, 
like Roger, I, I respect you. You're a great movie reviewers, but like do basic research and realize that Ninja Turtles had a video game, but that does not mean the movie is based on the video game. Um, and with this guy here, it's like based on Nintendo, despite the movie, what, despite the movies coming out in 2004 on DVD, the guy needs to like do a, a light research and learn that it came out in 96 in Japan. So technically this was the first store, first animated telling from Japan. And to be honest, I don't think the people in Japan were paying much attention to uh, Sonic Underground. Well, Sonic Underground came later, but like Sonic Saturday Morning, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. So with that in mind, this is an anime coming off of Genesis games or Mega Drive games. Um, and that's about it. Like they did not base it on anything. So it just, it annoys me to read reviews like this. Like, sure. I could understand this being a hard movie for most people to watch because they don't set it up because they assume, you know, who Sonic tails and knuckles are. Um, and they kind of do that in the video games too. No, they don't. And I, do they have to, like, you kind of can tell who they are. It's like, if you watch know. a, uh, like, I don't know, if you watch, like, a Mickey Mouse movie, it's like, why don't they give me the backstory of the mouse? What's going on here? Who is this right. mouse? And why is yeah, he talking? Yeah, they don't, no, they don't do backstory on Mickey Mouse stuff. You're right. So it's like, I, I think, if anything, when they go too far in the other direction, like with the live-action Sonic movie, they spend way too much time, like, setting up Sonic and, like, explaining him. And it, it worked. But if they didn't do that... I think it would still work for a majority of the fans who know who Sonic is. So, so whatever. Let's get to this other review. Yeah. So the next review is going to make you even more mad because this is even less research oh. <laughs> that he did into it. So this review comes from Computer and Video Games Magazine in the UK. This is issue 230, which is the same issue that uh, Shimu got ra- rated. And I, I'm hoping that it's a high score they gave it back then. They had a, a feature in the magazine called Games vs. Hollywood. Where they look at movie video game films such as Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. According to the review, a cartoon film that was so bad it was con- con- uh, consigned to the video rental shelves without a cinematic release or cinema release. Oh, wow. Everyone promptly and justifiably forgot it after that, which is highly misleading. I mean, I, I did put it was for TV, but it was for rental. I guess they were right on that part. But it was never meant to be a movie, especially a Hollywood movie. It was a Japanese film. OVAs are usually straight to video, right? Like that's the whole point behind them. You're making – so like Bleach has like four or five OVAs, right? It's because they want to make money by doing stories that you could sit and watch in one sitting like an hour anime. Like it tells you a story from beginning to the end because like not everybody wants to sit and watch an anime for – 150 episodes you got to make money off of new people so i I just don't get this okay and they gave it a right what sorry you want to talk about their quote well it's just stupid because it's like oh this was so bad because it was (laughs) it was not shown in cinemas but it was consigned to video rental shelves and it's like the movie was made as a rental exclusive from the get-go they were never like Hey, Sega, what do you think of our movie? And they go, oh, man, we were going to put this in theaters. But after that, no. And it's funny you mentioned Shenmue because Shenmue 1 had its cutscenes edited into a movie and shown in actual theaters. So it's kind of funny that the Sonic movie is released direct-to-video and Shenmue's cutscenes are shown in theatrical 
experiences in Japan. How f- <laughs> how boring would that have been? Hey, we're going to go see Shenmue cutscenes. <laughs> you know what? I kind of wish that I was an adult enough back then to be like traveling to Japan and be like, yeah, I was. I, I went to the showing where they showed we, – we, I saw this Shenmue movie in the, on the big screen. And that if you watch the DVD that they released, it is <sighs> – uh, it's, it's hard. It is like film stock. There's like hair and grain on it. So it's very clear, clear – they converted the, the cut scenes to film. <laughs> so Why? This guy should be – this guy should be talking. Like, come on, Shenmue cutscenes got a, a theatrical release. So let me finish uh, the the review. They gave it a one star, right? And this is th- this is what they had to say. This is truly nasty. Right. And uh, this is a truly nasty animated movie. Even worse than the <laughs> god awful cartoon series. Tails sounds Ooh. like he's got a cold. Sonic sounds like an annoying teenage brat. Weak at every department, and a shame considering Sonic's a cool character. Only preschoolers will enjoy this. Wah, wah, wah. Preschoolers. Blah, blah. <sighs> Kids are dumb. Adults are cool. <laughs> Is that how you're doing this? So what's wrong with I mean, this movie being for kids? What's wrong with that? I, don't, I mean, this Pixar nothing, movies. Like, are Pixar movies uh, uh, aimed at um, at adults here? Or what? Like, I don't I don't get this whole, like, this is old. Well, he uh, complains about game. the voice acting, but it's. It's like, dude, the thing comes with Japanese uh, uh, language if you have the DVD, so that's gone. And then I like how he says it's a shame considering Sonic's a cool character. Arguably, the best scenes in the movie are with Sonic because he's doing cool fight scenes. So I don't know what the guy's talking about. And also, this is not preschooler friendly. Like, I, I feel like guys who write this don't have kids because, like... Only two-year-olds would like this. So I'm like, try showing this to a two-year-old. It would either be too violent or they would not be interested in it because it's not like bright colors and, you know, like funny sounds. Mm. Uh, no, this this movie directly targeted like teenagers and, and preteens like myself at the time. And I loved it. So shut up. So before we well, – I mean, I already have all my notes. We're already done. I just wanted to ask you one question before we start reading the comments and we close it up. I just wanted to say here like what other video game OVAs have you seen in the past and which ones will you recommend to our readers? And if you guys want to watch this, by the way, it's on YouTube. You guys don't even have to buy it. You can just YouTube the movie and watch the whole thing. Um, so yeah. t- tell me some OVAs in the, f- in the past that you liked. Specifically video game? Yeah, specifically video games. I mean, this is a video game one. If you've seen any, if you okay. haven't, that's cool. Um, uh, Shenmue the movie. No, um, oh, I, I would one. say the one I would really recommend because it kind of came out around the same time in the '90s is the Power Stone anime. It's also mm-hmm. released by ADV Films. I think Power I Stone it. in general has some. It has really great character designs. Um, it it's. If you're a Sonic fan, it's got characters chasing down emeralds, basically. So it's it's like Sonic. Um, the voice acting is not great, and no, like it's I, never I, is. I, no, and if you can find the original Japanese version translated online, check it out because the theme song's awesome, um, and it's just it's a lot more watchable. But if you can only find the Americanized versions with the new theme song and the the voice acting that's okay it's still worth checking out um another one i would say i mean i guess the sakura wars ones people really like but i don't know much about uh sakura tyson itself but i do know it's out there 
Um, there is a, a DVD or Blu-ray release that came out recently. Mm-hmm. I'd also highly recommend Zillion. There yeah. is a awesome Blu-ray release of Zillion, the series and the OVA um, that has Opa Opa in it. And it has the Sega Master System light guns and it has characters from Zillion, which had uh, two games on the Master System. So th- those are my recommendations. I'd say Power Stone um, and Zillion. I would go with Street Fighter. Two, not the movie, not the one with Van Damme, but there was a OVA that kind of like, I thought it was like, it shocked me when I was a kid because there's this scene in the movie where Vega, uh, Vega tries to rape Chun-Li when she's taking a shower and then they tell you that Vega, Vega is a serial killer that kills women and he's vain and it's like, Whoa. it's like, this is really dark for an anime. So, I mean, it's a little more, I, I would say PG-13 to almost rated R, at least in concepts, it's not very kid friendly, but that. That really captured the mood of Street Fighter Two, I think. Um, you know the danger mm. and the characters—they're not—they're they're street brawlers, you know. Um, and uh, maybe the Panzer Dragoon one, even though it's not the best, but just the idea that we got an animated Panzer Dragoon uh, OVA or right. movie or whatever they call it—it's insane. So to me, it's like wow, there wasn't. And there's also that Virtual Fighter anime that if you guys really want to see, but the characterization there is all over the place, like. Akira likes to eat food. That's his little gimmick, you know, the old like uh, uh, Goku gimmick. He's basically Goku in that thing, right? Yeah. Um, So, you want to read the comments from our Patreons? I I did an accident. I only gave them like five hours to respond because I totally forgot to (laughs) post because we had Fourth of July the other day, and I Mm. was a little drunk. I'll admit, and I did these notes a little drunk, so they're all over the place. But I did it. I actually got it done. Um, so can, you want to read the beautiful comments from our Patreon supporters? <laughs> yeah, these these aren't nasty comments. These are beautiful. Uh, beautiful. So we have Daniel Andres. Uh, he says, all right, so I have a personal and unique story involving the Sonic OVA. The first time that I have ever seen this movie was probably a rental from my dad at our local Ooh. blockbuster. And I think I was about 10 years old. However, about, I want to say, 10 to 12 years back, I had this friend named Trevor. Trevor was the first person who I've ever met in person who was a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. We were both around 13 years old when we met, and we were friends for a short time. We actually met at a drawing class, of all places, where we both learned how to draw Sonic himself. When I hung out with him, we watched the Sonic OVA together. I noticed that he had it for both VHS and DVD. And since we were buddies and he figured that he didn't need both copies, he decided to give me the DVD version. Wow. This was a long time ago, and I, I still have it to this day. I'll never sell it. And I don't personally know what happened to Trevor a couple years late after. If he's listening, well, I hope you know that I do miss him quite a bit. Anyways, the OVA itself is lots of fun. I actually wish that it did become the Sonic anime that it was supposed to be. I also wish that I could get a Blu-ray release sometime, considering how expensive that is. And uh, to reply to Daniel's comment, like, yeah, I had a buddy in uh, high school named Andy, and this was late, I mean, this was 1999, so I was a little older than you, but I, um, he and I, we connected on the Dreamcast, and I learned Mm. that he was a big Sonic fan too. He actually had gone to Japan probably in the mid to late 90s with his family and bought the VHS tapes from Japan, the Japanese versions, but wasn't able to view them over here, I guess. I don't know if they he didn't have a VCR or if it was like a regional thing. Uh, but that was actually the first time I became aware of them being as old as they are, as seeing 
his VHS tapes. I completely forgot to mention that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want me to read Nicholas's yeah, yeah, comment, yeah. or do you Go want to read it? it? All right. Uh, Nicholas Schaefer says, So I missed this somehow, and a friend of mine who was new, who knew about it, uh, and, and I was a huge Sonic fan, rented it for our guys weekend. <laughs> and we had planned for nothing but playing Dreamcast. Uh, when it ended, he looked at me and said, I'm so sorry, I thought this would be cool. The friend who recommended it does a lot of just drugs. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? That was amazing. True, it's weird, and I don't know anyone who is asking for the English voice actors to reprise the role. But man, that art style in Metal Sonic fight was so good. I love the idea of a guy's weekend, and it's like... Why don't so we I ever have a guy's brought weekend? this... Yeah. I've never I, had a guy's weekend. I mean, I usually thought that guy's weekend would be like drinking, partying, going to strip clubs, but like, I like this better. I think a lot of wives and girlfriends out there would be very relieved to understand that men and guy's weekends involve Sonic o uh, <laughs> the Sonic anime. Sonic OPA. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, dude. Bad boys. Anyway. I love it. Thanks, you guys, for listening to Sega Talk. We catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.